Welcome everybody. Happy Monday. Um, welcome to uh, NPL Legal Dish. This is my Monday um, broadcast where I teach business and legal concepts using pop culture and celebrity news. All right. If you um, are seeing me or hearing me for the first time and you're like, who is this lady? I am Natalie Pierre-Lewis. I am the host of the show and I am the owner and operator of NPL Consulting LLC, a business formation firm. What that means is I help people like yourself get your business paperwork together so that you can do things from like, you know, build business credit, get your uh, products into big box stores, um, get business loans, open a business bank account, uh, work with large brands. Um, I help you do the things that are required to get you to that. The formation part of your business is very important. So I help you do things like uh, get your articles of incorporation, get your EIN numbers and DUNS numbers, uh, get have contract templates ready for clients and partners uh, so that you don't get left holding the bag when there's an agreement. I help you secure your intellectual property so people don't steal your trademarks and copyrights. And I also help you with hiring and training policies so you don't get sued for discrimination. I hope you do all of this and more. Um, if you're wondering how, I am a licensed attorney. I've been one for 15 years and counting. I've started multiple businesses for myself and others, both online and offline. I've had many careers in the realms of entrepreneurship, the law, education, hospitality, and administrative support. And most important, I am very passionate about making business and legal education as accessible to everyone as possible. Not everybody has the time, the money, or the desire to go to business school or to law school school. But a lot of you have amazing business ideas. And if you're going to be successful, there are just some things that you need to know. There's no way around it. All right. My visual friends, give me a moment. I got to let Toby in. All right. So you got to know these concepts. So that's why I'm here teaching them to you. All right. Um, so if you are in the startup phase of your business and you're looking for some legal guidance, to get those formation steps done, I am your girl. I want you to get in contact with me. How are you going to do that? You're going to go to linktree forward slash NPL consulting firm, okay? Linktree forward slash NPL consulting firm, linktree forward slash NPL consulting firm. That, um, that link is on all of my social media. It is on Clubhouse, on Instagram, on Facebook, on YouTube, everywhere, okay? There you can book yourself a free 15-minute consultation if you are a first-time client. You can also book a Talk to Me Tuesday session where you can get 30 minutes for $35. All right. Uh, Linktree forward slash NPL Consulting Firm is also where you can uh, get many of my digital products. Like this month, we are focusing on business entities. So if you go to Linktree forward slash NPL Consulting Firm, you can pick up my business entities video training where we go through the six different kinds of business entities and how they can benefit or disadvantage your business. Okay. Um, Linktree forward slash NPL Consulting Firm is also where you can... Um, subscribe to my other social media, my Instagram, my YouTube, so you can catch up on the old episodes of the show. I have over 400 videos. All right. Um, so there's a lot going on at Linktree forward slash NPL consulting firm. But what I want you to remember is that I do provide free 15 minute consultations and I would love to speak to you. And also at Linktree forward slash NPL consulting firm, you can download the free biz launch cheat sheet that will basically give you a checklist of the steps that you need to take care of to make sure that your business is legitimized. All right. Okay. Okay. 
So uh, that is what I do in a nutshell. Um, but now let's get to the reason why all of you beautiful people are here. The show, all right, NPL Legal Dish. For those of you on Clubhouse, it says um, legitimize our businesses. Um, I've, you know, meshed the two. Uh, but here's how the show works. I pull stories from the news, stories from blog sites, Anywhere that I find inspiration and a story that has a lesson that we can learn as business owners, and I bring it here, we break down the facts, and we pull the lessons that we need, what they, what we should do, what we shouldn't do, all right? So this is a time for you to get involved. I don't want you guys to be shy. Ask your questions. Give your comments as long as they are respectful. Um, Clubhouse, I'm going to do my best to moderate with you guys as well as... Um, you don't moderating on these other platforms, but we are going to have a good time. All right. And, and most of all, I want you guys to learn. So if you do have a question, please let me know. Okay. I can't, I can't clear something up for you if you don't ask me the question and we're here to learn. Okay. All right. So before we get into our stories, we are going to start off um, with our MPL nugget. If you don't know what that is, that is a quick lesson that I impart to you that has to do with the topic that we are covering for the month. We just, uh, it's just a quick little bite, okay? Now, um, like I said, this month we're covering business entities. If you want the whole scoop on business entities instead of having to wait for me to like, you know, do posts and do it at the beginning of the show, um, go pick up the business entities video training, um, at linktree forward slash NPL consulting firm. Okay. All right. So now let's get into the NPL nugget. We're covering business entities. Last week we talked about what a business entity is and we defined limited liability versus unlimited liability business entities. Okay. So today we're going to go over the two unlimited liability, um, business formats and, uh, what, what they do and whether whether you want them or not. Okay. So the two unlimited liability, uh, business entities are sole proprietorships and, um, partnerships. All right. Now these two, they're the easiest types of businesses to form, but they also are more risky as an unlimited liability business entity, sole proprietorships and partnerships. They put your personal assets at risk you know, if something happens, but let's say, you know, you're not making a whole lot of money. You're doing a side hustle sparingly, maybe once every six months. And you're like, you know, I don't really think that this is worth going through all of, you know, the rigmarole of setting up, you know, an official, an official structure, right? Then you might want to go with a sole partnership or a, a sole proprietorship or a partnership, because if it's like, you're only doing it once or twice a year and you're not really bringing in that much money, it might not be worth it to you. Um, but, uh, understand that whether you're bringing in $5 or $5 million, anything that happens with your sole proprietorship or your partnership that rests on you, the owner, you and your, um, or your, and your partner, if you're doing a partnership. Okay. Um, uh, so a, a sole proprietorship, you can pretty much just start now. All you need is, you know, you can use your social security number and your regular bank account and you're good. If you want to go the extra mile of filing a DBA, that's fine. Um, a partnership, there's a little bit more paperwork that has to be filed. Um, and there's also paperwork that has to be filed on at the year end for taxes. All right. I'm not going to go through all of those specifics now. Again, if you want the full story, go pick up the business entities video training, my dears. All right. Okay. So NPL nugget is done. Now 
we are getting to our stories, our stories. All right, first story of the night. Um, if we have any Taylor Swift fans, if you're a Taylor Swift fan, what emoji? Okay, give me give me a red lips emoji for Taylor Swift. If you are watching, um, and if you are listening on Clubhouse, just raise your hand real quick. If you're a Taylor Swift fan, okay. Hello, Rubina Patterson. Um, Taylor Swift, she's been on the scene for a while. Uh, she stole Beyonce's award. She stole Michael Jackson's award. But, you know, we're not bitter about that. Uh, but Taylor Swift, she uh, came out with a song called Shake It Off in 2014. Um, it was a very popular song. And uh, if in the song, I don't know if you guys have heard it, but if you, if you don't know it, I'm going to give you a rough sampling of what it sounds like. Um, it's, it goes like, cause the player's gonna play, 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 and the hater's gonna hate, 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 hate. But that, that, um, that part of the song is the section in issue right now, um, when it comes to Taylor Swift. Two gentlemen, um, by the name of Sean Hall and Nathan Butler, they are songwriters and they wrote the song Play Is Gone Play for 3LW way back when. If you remember 3LW, give me a three in the comments. If you remember 3LW, just raise your hand real quick on Clubhouse, okay? Um, yes, I love 3LW with Keely's Lisp, <laughs> all right? Um, um, even though, um, thank you for, for the hands up guys, you can put them down, but, uh, you know, I didn't like how she did Naturi, but whatever. Anyway, um, but, but 3LW had their moment that, you know, they had movies, they had albums and things like that. And Sean Hall and Nathan Butler, they are now suing Taylor Swift saying that she basically stole the lyrics, um, to their song or, you know, the cadence and, Taylor Swift isn't too happy. Um, her attorneys are arguing that the phrases "players gonna play" and "hater" and "haters gonna hate" are public domain. And Taylor Swift has also, um, thank you, AP Jackson. And Taylor Swift has also, you know, basically told the judge that you know this makes her really sad that she's being sued for copyright infringement. Um, but uh, what I wanted to do here is I wanted to ask you guys. The crux of Taylor Swift's attorney's argument is that players gonna play and haters gonna hate, those two phrases are public domain. So do you agree with that? Do you think that those phrases are public domain? If you are watching, um, give me a thumbs up if you think they are, give me a thumbs down if you don't. And if you are listening on Clubhouse and you are a brave soul, I would like you to raise your hand and come up on stage and tell me why you think it is public domain or it is not. Um, so if you're watching and you think, um, you know, it's, um, public domain, give me a thumbs up. If you don't think it's public domain and you're watching, give me a thumbs down. If you're on Clubhouse, I would love to have you guys, uh, you know, come up on stage and tell me what you think, okay? Now, for me, personally, while I am not a Taylor Swift fan, I do think that the phrases players gonna play and haters gonna hate are, um, public domain. I think they're very generic. I have seen haters gonna hate 
in so many different iterations. Um, and I do think that the two phrases were around before 3LW. Somebody please, you know, correct me if I'm wrong. But as far as I know, I, I really do think that those phrases are in the public domain. And while I can understand Sean Hall and Nathan, did somebody raise their hand on Clubhouse? Um, while I can understand the, uh, you know, Sean Hall and Nathan Butler, they're like, you know, I want my royalties too. Thank you for the thumbs up, Zephyrina. Um, I think whenever you are claiming that someone has infringed upon your intellectual property, meaning that they have used something that you believe belongs to you, you need to make sure that it actually belongs to you. You need to make sure that it's not in the public domain. So if it's something uh, like copyrights and trademarks expire, right? So if something has expired or if something became too famous too quick. Oh, hey, Leah. Um, so one of, one of the biggest examples of, you know, public domain that I use all the time is um, the word bling or the phrase bling bling, right? Baby um, from Hot Boys, Cash Money Records, whatever you want to call it, there was an interview that he did, that he did. He said, had he known how big bling bling was going to blow up, he would have trademarked the word. But bling bling became so popular, it was generic. Everybody was saying bling. I, I even heard bling on Judge Judy at one point, okay? So um, you don't want to give your, your intellectual property a chance to get generic. So while I feel for Sean Hall and Nathan Butler, I do think that the phrases player's gonna play and hater's gonna hate are generic. Does anybody disagree with me? Hello, Red Baron. Hello, Doc Dross. Does anybody disagree with me? Anybody agree with me? What's going on? I want to hear y'all. Okay? That's okay. I understand. It's Monday. You're, you know, you're getting into the week. It's a holiday. It's MLK. Oh, yeah. Happy MLK Day, y'all. I forgot to tell you that. All right. Okay, anyway, we will have to wait and see what happens between Taylor Swift and Sean Hall. While, again, I'm not a Taylor Swift fan, I do think that Taylor Swift may win this one because I think that the phrases players going to play and haters going to hate um, are pretty generic. Okay? All right, next story that we are talking about. If we have any Chris Brown or Drake fans or both of them, um, <laughs> I was going to say something that was so rude. Um, give me a champagne bottle. Uh, Zephyrina agrees with me. Yay. Okay. If you are a Chris Brown or Drake fan. Oh, I have, I have private messages. Okay. Oh, okay. Hold on guys. Uh, be before we move on, I just want to do a quick reset. I was asked, um, to, to do one. Um, if you just tuned in, uh, I'm Natalie Pierre Lewis. This is NPL legal dish. My Monday broadcast where I teach business and legal concepts using pop culture and celebrity news. I am an attorney with 15 years of experience helping small business owners legitimize their businesses so they can grow and scale with confidence. If you are in need of a startup attorney, go to linktree forward slash NPL consulting firm and book a free 15 minute consultation with me today. Okay. All right. Doc Dross said it's wild to copyright phrases in hip hop. Um, it is, but if you've invented something, if you've come up with something, you have the right to get the rights to it. Right. Um, that's why what Cisco's thong song, he used a small phrase from Ricky Martin's live in La Vida Loca song. And because he did not get permission to use that little phrase, he had to turn over about 90% of the profits. So, you know, it's a, 
in intellectual property is very, very, very important and it can be very, very expensive. Okay. All right. So my Chris Brown and my Drake fans. Okay. Hey, new Haitian. Hey, cinema regal. It, uh, of course, I'm sure you guys have heard Chris Brown and Drake's song. Where did it come out? 2019. You got it right. Uh, no, not you got it. No guidance. Um, and the video where, you know, they had the dance battle, but Drake couldn't dance. Um, well, I talked about this a while ago, Drake and, uh, Chris Brown, they have been sued by, um, a gentleman, two gentlemen by the name of Timothy Valentine and Brandon Cooper. Uh, in 2016, Brandon Cooper came out with, um, with a song called I Love Your Dress, where in the song, he repeatedly says, you got it, you got it, you got it. Okay. And as we know, in No Guidance, there is, um, there's, there's a segment in the song where they, Chris Brown and Drake, they repeatedly say, um, oh, you know, you got it, girl, you got it, girl, you know, all that. So this, these gentlemen, Brandon Cooper and Timothy Valentine, they are saying that Chris Brown and Drake, uh, took that line from their 2016 song, I Love Your Dress. Now, when I covered this story a few months ago, I said that I don't see the similarities between the song. However, I am not a music expert, right? There have been some songs where they have found that there is infringement, but you know, the, the, the average person's ear couldn't hear it. You had to have an expert there to, you know, figure it out for you. So, um, it, well, and at the time when we talked about this story, there was no response from Chris Brown and Drake, but they have given a response. Um, and, uh, they, they have said that this is totally baseless. You got it. Again, this is another generic phrasing argument. They're like, everybody says you got it. How do you think that you are going to co-opt this phrase? The guy is saying that they also co-opted the beat and things like that. Um, but what I want you guys to do, you can't do it now, but when you have a chance, I want you to look up the dress. I mean, look up the dress, look up the song. I love your dress by Brandon Cooper. Listen to that. And I want you to compare it to Chris Brown and Drake's no guidance. And you can DM me or something like that. Let me know what you think. Do you think that the two songs are similar, right? And if they are similar, is you got it enough of a distinct phrase for Brandon Cooper and Timothy Valentine to be able to get any money out of Drake and Chris Brown's pockets, okay? So that is the homework I'm going to give you, um, for, 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 for whenever you can DM me or we can talk about it next week. Looking at the comments, um, Doc C. Dr. Dr. said, if the melodies are similar, it begins to move into intellectual property in terms of the score of music. Okay. I think we have a musicologist here. Maybe you can come on here and give us a lesson. AP Jackson said, Megan the Stallion just trademarked Hot Girl Summer. We talked about that last week after almost two years, Megan finally got her trademark for Hot Girl Summer and she has like 11 new trademarks that she's filed. Megan is very, very busy at this time. Okay. All right. Uh, moving on to our next story of the evening. If I have any gamers who are watching, if you are a gamer, you like video games, computer games, please give, if, give me some type of gaming emoji. If you are watching and just raise your hand real quick on clubhouse so I can see, um, you know, if we have any gaming people, because I'm very interested, um, I think this is a very interesting story. 
for gamers, but I, 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 like I tell you guys, I, I don't play video games. The last video game I owned was Super Mario Brothers, the first one, and I never defeated it. So video games are not my area of expertise, okay? Um, but if you are a gamer, um, there is there are two games. There is one called PUBG, and there is one called um, Free Fire, Okay. PUBG was created by a company called Crafton. They came out with the game in 2016, and um, it's a it's like it's a game. You know, you have missions. Hi, TB Moore. You got to go save people. You got to build stuff. Whatever. All right. One of these real player games. I don't know what you call them. Anyway, so they they came out with this game in 2016 wildly successful, right? Um, Crafton is suing Garena, the, the, the producers of Free Fire, Apple, and Google. Crafton is suing Garena, the, um, the makers of Free Fire, because they are saying that not only did they steal their video game idea, they stole their structure, they stole, um, items in the video game, equipment, and location. So they're basically saying, you stole the blueprint to our, um, you stole the blueprint to our video game and now you're profiting off of it, right? So that's one end of it. And Crafton is also suing Apple and Google because they made the, um, this game Free Fire available on their, um, platforms. You know, you can go to the App Store and download, hey, join the craft room, um, Free Fire. So, uh, Crafton and uh, Crafton and Garena are going at it, and Apple and Google are getting caught up in the fray. So, I wanted to talk to you guys about this story because this is kind of um, comparative to you know my Etsy sellers, right? I have a lot of people who follow me who do crafts, um, and you guys are amazing at what you do. But sometimes some people, because they are so gifted, they can make their items appear to be, you know, genuine um, luxury items like Gucci and Louis Vuitton and things like that, right? So when you put these things up on Etsy, there are um, companies and just regular people who are looking to see if there is any infringement going on. And what they do is they lodge a complaint with Etsy, right? And Etsy, Etsy don't want no smoke. Etsy will just shut you down if there, if there's some type of intellectual property complaint, right? Um, Crafton basically did the same thing with, uh, Apple and Google. They went to them, they were like, hey, this game, it's infringing on our copyright because you can copyright, uh, video games, the, um, the coding, how it's designed, all of that is copyrightable. And they went to Apple and Google and they were like, hey, can you take this down because it's infringing And Apple and Google? And we're like, girl, what? Um, and you know, it, the, the game, the game Free Fire is still up there to, uh, this day. So Crafton is not only suing the maker of the supposedly infringing video game, but they are also suing the uh, um, the distributors, Apple and Google. So I want to know from you guys, um, you can raise your hand if you want to come up on stage um, and talk or, or uh, let me know your comments uh, on the visual side. Uh, do you think 
Oh, okay. I, I do have someone. Whitney's going to come up here. But I'm going to say my question real quick. Do you think that Apple and Google should be held responsible for the distribution of this game or the copyright infringement? Should they be in this copyright infringement suit? Oh, where's the raised hand? Okay. Come on up, Whitney. Tell us what you think. All right. Whitney, you here? I am. How are you? Good. How are you? Not bad. Okay, so I'm just walking in. Mm-hmm. I'm just walking in. I saw that you went live, and I was like, I need to come support. Thank you. So you're talking about a lawsuit with a game between Apple and Google. Can you tell us one more time All right. What, so what it is? So there is a company called Crafton. They make, um, they make a video game called PUBG. They came out with it in 2016. It's very popular. Um, there is another game called Free Fire that is, was created by a company called Garena that Crafton believes basically just, you know, copied their game. They're saying that they copied, you know, items like weaponry, they copied equipment, locations, structure, and they're suing for copyright infringement. But they are also suing Apple and Google because they make this Free Fire game available on their, uh, their, their app platforms. So what I want you, so I don't, what I want to know from you guys is do you think Apple Apple and Google should be held responsible for this because they refuse to take it down. And that's why I was bringing Etsy into this because Etsy, whenever they get a copyright complaint, they're not even like talking to you. They're just shutting it down and letting you figure it out yourself. So do you think that Apple and Google even have a place in this lawsuit? I mean, it sounds like it sounds like they may not. Um, The Etsy bit is, is very interesting to me. Um, very interesting because I see it. Uh, was it Etsy? I'm pretty sure it was Etsy where I heard all the drama with you know creators and 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 playing the game with you know either copyright infringement or just like copying in general. And it's insane to mm-hmm. see what it's going where the liability actually is supposed to go. So I'm curious. Do you do you feel like Apple and Google should not and like they're just they should just keep it moving like they have been? Um, I think that what Apple and Google should do, um, like is maybe at least do some type of investigation or, you know, give, give a warning to the person that the, the infringement is lodged against. Like when you're on Etsy, if there is some type of infringement complaint against you, Etsy will send you a notification. Apparently Apple and Google didn't do that. Crafton went to them, said, Hey girl, these people copied our game. Can you take it down? And Apple and Google paid them dust. They haven't really like responded to them. So that's why Crafton is bringing them into this lawsuit. Um, now whether or not Apple and Google, you know, knew that this was lifted, um, I, I don't know. I think it would depend on how much they knew about this game. I, I don't know, you know, the whole process of getting an app onto the Google or Apple space, but what is the vetting process? You know, is it something where they should have known that this was some type of inf- infringing um, un- infringing material? And I think that that is where um, we will figure out whether they deserve to be in this lawsuit or not. Okay. Well, because with Pinterest, right? I thought Pinterest, this Pinterest, it was Pinterest I was thinking of, not Etsy. Mm-hmm. So with Pinterest, if you see something that is yours, that mm-hmm. someone has basically taken or whatever, you're, there's some there's some issues. Um, to your point, you report it, and mm-hmm. you're given a warning. And right. that's what I thought was, was customary. Mm-hmm. So I don't know the background as to, like, if, if I make something, and let's say Chris knew it first, and I make it very similar to Chris, if not identical, what is 
what happens because one of my good friends wrote an ebook mm-hmm. and it was like and she had like a her, her cover page was like you know 50 ways to keep the spark in the relationship or something and it was all purple and white mm-hmm. and then some some lady made the exact same book we were all just sitting here like are you kidding and it was it was for sale on amazon just like my friend's book and it was this whole drama behind what was supposed to happen and she couldn't get it fixed. She could not get it fixed. And it was this whole issue. Um, and she had to navigate that because this woman literally stole exactly what she had written. Right. And, and did she have her book, her book copyrighted? Because that's another issue. If you don't copyright your work, your books, your poems, your dance, your choreography, um, you know, whatever it is that you, that you create, someone can rip it out from under you if you don't have your intellectual property in order. Okay, so we're, um, thank you so much, Whitney, for, um, for giving us your input on this and letting us know your thoughts. Uh, Doc Dross said, it's like blaming the mall for a store selling two different shirts. Right, it's one thing if the shirts say, you know, Louis Vuitton and stuff on them, but if it's just two designs and you don't really know the artist, it's kind of hard to know, you know, whether it's been, um, uh, copied or not, Okay. All right. Okay. So before we move on to our next stories, I want to remind you guys that you are watching NPL Legal Dish. This is my Monday broadcast where I teach business and legal concepts using pop culture and celebrity news. If you are in the startup phase of your business and you are just discombobulated by this process, hit me up. I want to help you. Go to linktree forward slash NPL consulting firm uh, and set up a free 15 minute consultation. All right. All right, moving on to our next story of the evening. Um, hold on. Some doctor said, this entire conversation is why NFT has utility. You'll be able to track the original on the blockchain. I need somebody to come on and give me an NFT tutorial because I don't understand what it is, all this stuff, okay? All right. Moving on to our next story. Does anybody watching or listening, if you shop at Zara, you know, raise your hand if you're on on Clubhouse or give me a Z in the comments. If you are watching, if you have ever shopped at Zara, if you've heard of Zara, give me a Z or raise your hand over here. Thank you, Whitney, for um, flashing your microphone, okay? Now, here in the U.S., we know Zara for... um, I guess you would call it fast fashion, low-cost versions of um, luxury goods. We've actually had, thank you, AP Jackson, we've actually had a couple of cases where Zara was being sued for copyright infringement because, you know, they um, there was a pair of jeans that were selling for, like, almost $1,200, and Zara had a knockoff pair for $50. So uh, Zara, you know, they're out here in this in this space, all right. Um, but Zara is not just in the United States. Zara is also overseas. I actually think they started overseas. Um, and overseas, they are trying to get into more areas. Zara wanted to get or wants to get into the food space. So in 2010, they filed a trademark application. Now, usually we talk about the U.S., but I just thought this was interesting because even though it's Europe, they filed an application in um, in Europe. For Zara, um, in the areas for juice, condiments, restaurants, retail, and wholesale outlets, okay? 
So they were starting to get into the food space. I don't know if they were planning on opening opening up a Zara eatery or whatever, but they were they tried to file trademarks for Zara for for many different types of food related items. The problem is there is um, a company in Europe that is called Fauf Italia. Um, Fauf is spelled F F A U F, and Italia. Um, and they are a food line company. They make uh, um, they make you know pastas and things like that. Um, and they opposed the application that Zara filed because they're like, uh, we already got the Zara uh, the Zara um, trademark over here. They have a line of pastas um, that is called Zara, and they they name it La La Delizie Zara. I do not know how to speak Italian, so don't crucify me, guys. Okay. So because Fauf Italia already has this trademark for, uh, you know, their Zara pasta, Zara, the uh, food, uh, the, the, the fast fashion brand, um, is, uh, has been blocked from trademarking this name. This is the power of securing your name. I've never heard of this company, Fauf Italia, right? But they went through the process of protecting their names their trademarks and now they, and you know this big um company comes in and is trying to swoop in on their territory and they were able to you know show the judge the carfax and say you know no this is ours so zara got shut down they were trying to get into the food space in europe but they've been shut down because the word zara has already been trademarked in that space okay all right now we are coming to my favorite story of the night okay if you watch P-Valley, if you watch P-Valley, you need to be here. Call your friends who watch P-Valley, okay? If you watch P-Valley, please give me a P in the comments if you are watching. If you are on Clubhouse, Whitney is, uh, um, you know, tapping her mic. Y'all raise your hands if you're um, in the audience, okay? I love P-Valley. Uncle Clifford is a star. The pink is like my second home. <laughs> Whitney, you want to say something? It is a very good show, right? And whenever a show, and whenever something has success, you know, haters gonna come out the woodwork. Um, now, I may be showing my age here, but uh, if you if you have, um, how many of y'all know the group Brownstone? They had that beautiful song. If you love me, say it. Uh, uh. All right, Brownstone, right? Um. <laughs> One of the members of Brownstone, who uh, is named Nikki Gilbert, she is suing the producers of P-Valley for copyright infringement. She is saying that um, the P-Valley um, show, Zephyrina said the jam, the P-Valley show um, has has been, uh, basically, the, the, uh, the script has been ripped from her 2011 um, thing called Soul Kittens Cabaret, which starred, uh, Fantasia Barino, Faith Evans, and a few others. Has anybody here listening or watching ever heard or watched, heard of or watched Soul Kittens Cabaret? Um, let me know. I, I put it, I put it in my, in my, um, poll on Instagram and Facebook. Everybody said no. Okay. Now, 
when I was doing a little bit of research on Soul Kittens Cabaret, um, on Amazon, Soul Kittens Cabaret is described as a stage musical, right? And when I saw the people who were starring in this movie, Fantasia and Barino and Faith Evans, two women who are known for singing down, I was like, what kind of film is this, right? Um, so... From what I look, I didn't have time to watch the movie. Maybe one day when I have nothing else to do, I'll see what Soul Kittens Cabaret is about. But what stuck out to me was that Amazon described it as a stage musical. I don't think anybody who has ever watched P Valley would um, label it as a musical or anything having to do with the stage. This is a highly produced drama. Whitney, would you agree? One hundred percent. Right. So for Nikki Gilbert from Brownstone to come around here and say that so, that P Valley was ripped off of Soul Kittens Cabaret, I'm having some trouble. <laughs> See, Toby doesn't even believe it either. I'm having some trouble wrapping my head around that, right? Um, if you're like, The Pink was based off of a book from, uh, I forget the, the woman's name, but P-Valley was based off of a book, I believe. Yes, it was based off of, of, of a book series. So if it's based off of this book series, where are you coming up with this Soul Kittens Cabaret? And um, and Nikki Gilbert, why are you always in somebody's business? She was in uh, Kelly Price business saying, I just talked to her, nobody asked you. And now you're over here bo bothering Uncle Clifford. He just got the pink back. And you're trying to say that they ripped off Soul Kittens Cabaret. Now, I'm not saying it couldn't be true, but there would have to be substantial similarities between not just the script, a general idea, but the, um, you know, the, the situations, the scenes, where things take place, the dialogue. It's not just about the idea. You cannot co-opt an idea. It has to be, it has to have structure. Like, um... If you come up with an with an idea for something like, you know, I want to write a play about, you know, I don't know, uh, space farmers, right? And somebody else comes out with a story about space farmers, you can't sue them for coming out with a story about space farmers. What, you know, what, what did you do to make this space farmer story concrete? And if you did, where are the similarities, right? So, um, I'm, I, I, maybe that, that's some homework that I'll give myself is to watch Soul Kittens Cabaret and see if there, if there are any celebrity, uh, any similarities between the two. But I highly doubt that Nikki Gilbert's 2011, um, non-theater, uh, I don't, I think this was like, this was like straight to DVD. It wasn't in theaters or anything. It wasn't a show. I highly doubt that there are similarities, but you know, maybe I will give it a gander. Is anybody interested in seeing Soul Kittens Cabaret? If you are, give me a cat emoji if you're watching and uh, if you're listening, um, just put your hand up real quick if anybody's going to see if they can find Soul Kittens Cabaret. Okay? All right. Um, that was my favorite story of the night. I've been waiting all day to talk to you guys about it. Um, okay, we have... Uh, a few, we'll go a little, since I only do this once a week, um, we're going to go longer today. I thought we were going to be about an hour, but I think we're going to go a little bit over. Um, if anybody has just come in, you are watching NPL Legal Disc. This is my Monday through, no, this is my Monday broadcast. 
where I teach business and legal concepts using pop culture and celebrity news. If you need um, some help, you know, figuring out what you need to do to get uh, your business life in order, go to linktree forward slash MPL consulting firm and download the biz launch cheat sheet. Okay. All right. Moving on. Um, very quick story. Um, I know y'all have seen Shaquille O'Neal in some type of commercial in the last seven days. This man brands everything. I've seen him for Gold Bond. Uh, he's, he's Papa John's, um, the general insurance. Um, he owns a bunch of different things. Shaq is a really good businessman and he gets endorsement deals like that and he is very good at branding himself. Um, and Shaq has um, is is no slouch about this in the metaverse either. Shaquille O'Neal has filed a trademark for his name in the metaverse for non-downloadable virtual footwear, clothing, headwear, and eyewear. Guys, Zafrina um, said yes. I love the shower and shoe one. <laughs> yeah. So, um, guys, the um. Shaq is a great example of, he said that he wants his name to live forever. This is why he has all of these endorsement deals and all of these branding deals. Having your intellectual property is a way for your name to live on forever. And Shaq is like, you know what, I'm going to be out here in the metaverse too. You're not going to get away from me. Just like he is in, endorsing all these things and has all these businesses in the real world, he is securing his name in the metaverse as well. So we just want to salute Shaq for, you know, being a great businessman and and, and showing people, you know, um, showing people what can be accomplished. All right. Um, next story we are talking about, uh, the city of Greenville in Minnesota, they have to pay a, um, a resident of their state, a gentleman by the name of John Q. Wright, they have to pay him $8,500. Why do they have to pay John $8,500? Well, John is a fish and fishing related artist. So he takes photos of fish and he's really, really good at it. What, if you are really good at something, most likely you can make money from it. Okay. Um, and he's great at taking photos of fish and fish related activities. So that's how he makes his money. Um, he came out with a, um, a, a photo series called the Legend Series, where he, he, he photographed um, a bunch of rainbow trout. And the city of Greenville used one of his photos for, um, a, for uh, you know, an advertisement to get tourists to come to the state. Hey, Brandon. Um, but they didn't get his permission, right? So John Q. Wright, because he is a photographer and he knows his craft, he had his photos, you know, copyrighted. Uh, and he went to the city or, or he went to an attorney. He was like, Hey, these people are, are using my photos and they didn't ask me. Uh, um, I want some money. Right. So they filed suit, um, against the city of Greenfield, him, him and his attorney and the city of Greenville said, we don't want no smoke. They're not even fighting this. They said, whatever you want, you know, we don't want any litigation. So they're, hey, Tanya, so they're going to pay him $8,500 for this one photo that they use because they have a bunch of projects coming up for the city. They have a tight budget and they don't have time to get tied up in litigation. Again, 
the power of intellectual property. Mr. Wright had his paperwork in order. The copyrights were there. So he, he didn't even have to fight over ownership. All he had to say was, this is my work. Run me my money. And the city said, we don't have time to go to court, so here is your money. Okay, so this is just another reminder. Get your intellectual property in order. All right? Um, so we're moving into our last two stories of the evening. And if we have time, we can do some, some Q&A if you guys have questions. Uh, but does anybody, um, if you're a Lego fan... Give me an L in the comments, and if you're a Lego fan, raise your hand on um, Clubhouse. Thank you, Whitney. And if you've watched Queer Eye for the Straight Guy, um, please give me a Q in the comments or, um, you know, raise your hand. Thank you, Whitney. All right? So, um, I, I haven't watched the new iteration of Queer Eye. I, I watched the original version, um, but... Uh, Legos and, and, um, the show Queer Eye, they did a collaboration where they came out with a Queer Eye for the Straight Guy Lego set, right? And, you know, each character or, uh, cast member has their Lego character with an outfit. Well, um, one of the outfits, uh, is, is, um, in court for copyright infringement, uh, there is a leather jacket that one of the queer eyes had on in um, in an episode, and that jacket was custom made for him by a designer by the name of James Con Cannon. And James Con Cannon, you know, he's minding his business, designing his clothes, and he sees this queer eye Lego set come out, and he sees that he sees the jacket that he designed for the queer eye. Um, cast members. So he has filed a copyright infringement suit against Lego for this uh, this jacket. So I want to know from you guys, what do you think? Do you think that um, he has a good chance of winning? Is this something like, what do you think about this? So remember, he made a real jacket. It was a leather jacket, and then Lego made a replica for this set that comes with Queer Eye, uh, um, or for the Queer Eye set. So what do we think? Do, um, let me know your comments um, in the um, on you know the visuals. We'll put them in the boxes. If you're on Clubhouse and you want to come up here and let me know whether you think this jacket should even be in the mix, let me know. I had a picture of it last week, but you can look up um, Lego and Queer Eye, and you will see um, the two jackets that are in question. Now it is un unmistakable that the, the two jackets are related. They look very similar, right? But James, we need, uh, he may have some, he may have a little bit of trouble because we need to know what protections did he have for this jacket. Yes, it was custom made, right? But are there any plans? How do you prove that you made it, right? This is, uh, we, don't, we don't get any of that in this story. So it's really important for you because one of the things when you are fighting copyright infringement or any type of, of infringement, if you already have your legal copyright or trademark, they're not even going to fight over who the um, creator or owner is because you having um, that piece of paper or, you know, that notification makes it yours. Brandon said that's a tough one. Yes, though. Yeah, I... The jackets look identical. The jackets. I'm literally looking at a side-by-side... Mm -hmm. And it's identical. The only thing that this this Lego doesn't have is the arm graphics. But everything, I mean, 
Okay, thank you. Um, I'm going to bring up Danielle because I think she has something to say too. Um, Danielle, where are you? You raised your hand. Okay, I guess Danielle doesn't want to come up. That's fine. Okay. Um, Brandon said that's a tough one. Yes, but it might, might, it might not be protected under toys, right? Okay. So again, um, if he has any protection, it's probably a, a design protection. So that might, you know, put him back in the running, but we're going to, okay. Danielle is up here. I want, I want to hear her commentary. What? Sorry, I was, was getting back to my phone. Um, I think he has a good chance because in the fashion community, when it comes to design, Mm -hmm. um, if, even if it's, if it's similar, you know, like, and look, and I pulled it up too. Mm-hmm. It's very, it's like she said, it's extremely, extremely like it. Besides little details, it looks pretty much identical. Mm-hmm. I think he has a good chance because they actually take that very seriously. Mm-hmm. Right, um, and and that's where you see a lot of the litigation where where it comes to. Um, uh, to, to copyright infringement, it's really easy in the fashion world because, you know, cl- clothes, unless you're, you're really creating something, um, totally unique, it's very hard to get, uh, uh protection for clothing. Um, but we will wait and see if James gets some Lego money, gets some queer eye money. And I, I don't know what this man's success is, but I'm sure that that check, if he gets one, will be very, very nice. So we will keep an eye on that story and see what happens um, in the end, okay? And now we are moving to our final story of the evening, and then we can get into some questions if you guys um, have any uh, if we have any Nas fans, please give me a microphone emoji if you are watching, if we have Nas fans, and if you are here on Clubhouse uh, and you're on stage, you can tap or, you know, raise your hand in the audience, okay? All right. Now, we all know Nas, he is, you know, one of the greats in the rap game, um, you know, some, depending on who you ask, he may be some people's number one rapper, Right. But Nas, it can't be denied that Nas had, thank you, Brandon, he has a very, thank you, Dr. Oz, he has a very long history in the rap game, right? Um, And one of his biggest songs, one of his first um, big hits was a song in 1994 called, Does uh, Does Anybody Know What His Big Hit in 1994 Was? I'm going to give y'all a moment. Um, see, See what your rap game is like your rap history game. I have no rap history game. So whatever. I have the answer in front of me. Um, (laughs) but in 1994, Nas came out with the song called the world is yours. Okay. And the beat was produced by the legendary Pete rock. Um, and you know, the song is over 30 years old, right? Um, but recently, uh, not Pete rock filed a lawsuit against Nas for royalties having to do with the song, The World Is Yours. His his attorney was basically trying to organize all of his royalties and was trying to find, you know, um, where the the paperwork was for The World World Is Yours beat. And he couldn't find it. 
and he contacted Sony and they didn't have an answer for him as to why they, there was no paperwork, right? So Pete Rock and his attorney, they're like, well, what's been happening to his money? He, has, um, he hasn't been getting the proper royalties if there's no paperwork. And there is, uh, it is possible that he could be owed, owed at least a million dollars um, in royalties, right? Now, Pete Rock, respected in the game, but this is why you need to secure your intellectual property, um, you know, and make sure that you know where the money is coming in from. Now, when the when the rap game started, when it was really getting getting big, um, or you know, when it was starting to get popular, people didn't really think it was going to blow up this big. So I don't think people were that um, concerned about intellectual property. But in this day and age, you have got to be on your P's and Q's, right? So Pete Rock and his attorney, they are coming up against Nas's people and he might get himself a nice little million dollar check if Sony can't figure out this royalty thing. Um, so again, Nas, one of the top rappers in the game, he is not above intellectual property, um, infringement, okay? If you're out here using somebody else's stuff and not paying them, you will, you can get sued, all right? Okay, so those were the stories that I wanted to share with you this week. I'm so glad that we got through them. You guys were an amazing audience. Um, Doc Dross said that could have been a phone call. Could it have been um, Doc Dross? Because who who knows, um, Pete Rock and Nas worked together over 30 years ago. Do they even talk to each other like that? Or do they hang out with each other like that? So that, that you know, he, he may not have the access to Nas that he once did, okay? All right. So, uh, yes, so that, those were the stories that I wanted to talk to you about. Um, if you guys have any questions on the stories that we covered tonight about Taylor Swift and her Shake It Off lawsuit, Chris Brown and Drake getting sued for no guidance, um, the video game controversy with Crafton and Garena, Zara trying to get into food, P-Valley versus Soul Kittens Cabaret, the fish artist, Shaquille O'Neal securing his name in the metaverse, Legos and Queer Eye, and Nas versus Pete Rock. This is all we covered all of this tonight. Plus, we had our NPL Nugget. If you missed the NPL Nugget, you can um, listen to the show again. Uh, listen to the beginning for the NPL Nugget. So, if you've got any questions on that or on business formation in general, meaning articles of incorporation, uh, contracts, trademarks, copyrights. Um, excuse me, Dunn's numbers, EIN numbers. I'm going to give you all a few minutes to get your questions in. Um, uh, we'll, I'll give y'all maybe like two minutes to get your questions in and then, uh, you know, we'll spend the rest of the time answering it. Um, if we don't have any questions, then, you know, we can break for tonight and we can come back next week with more stories. So if you have questions on Clubhouse, please raise your hand. I'll bring you on stage. Um, or if you have your questions and you're watching, please put them in the comments box and I will answer, um, as best I can. All right. Okay. Mm, okay. It seems like 
you guys are okay. I'm gonna give I'm gonna give the, the visuals a little bit more time because I know it takes some time for those to come in. But um, I think that we are good at this point. I want to thank you guys for hanging out with me tonight. It's so nice um, to to be with you guys. I hope that you enjoyed the show. I hope you learned something. Um, if you have any questions about anything that happened tonight that you don't want to ask in public, please um, you know DM me. My DMs are open. Book your your 15 minute consultations. Uh, remember to pick up the business entities video training bundle um, that goes over the six types of business entities and the pros and cons of them. Um, we will be back here next Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I hope to see all of you. Take care of yourselves and have a good night. Bye. Stop, stop, streaming. Yes.